هاي تسلسل سفر انجنير بودكاست نام مي عبد الرحمن عاطف ام دكتور غانم كشواني وي ار دوينغ سفر انجنير بودكاست ذات وي كان توك اباوت ذا بينيفيت اباوت سفر انجنير اند ذا فايت وي كان فايت ذا سفر انجنير وي كان دو ذا بيست وي كان دو اند اي هوب يو كان لايك ات ثانك يو ليديز اند جنتلمان ان ذس ابسط وي كان انترفيو انجنير امرير رحمان She has a really incredible story. She's from Bangladesh and she went from all the way from Bangladesh to Canada to take her study in mechanical engineer. She's a student and the first woman who's been international mechanical engineer in her major. And she made her way hard all the way in Canada. Recently, she has a podcast called Count Me Too, which empower women in engineer department and STEM in, in, in general. We have really, really an amazing interview with her. I hope you're going to like it. So go and watch it. Thank you. Good morning or good evening, Ms. Amrian. How are you? How's everything with you? I'm good, Atif and Ghanem. How are you? We are good. So okay, I listened to you and I read to you about your, your, your article on LinkedIn and I saw what you are doing in the podcast and I said I have to interview you all. And I, when I saw, I said, wow, that's an amazing story. Can you introduce more about yourself? Sure. Uh, so my name is Amrin Rahman, uh, as you know, and uh, I am a uh, mechanical engineer in Canada. So my story started in Bangladesh. I was always very interested in science and especially mathematics and physics were my, my strong subjects. And uh, then, you know, I started to think, where can I really pursue my passions? Where can I... Uh, get an education and actually start uh, working as an engineer. So I, I looked at Canada and I, I looked at Montreal uh, and I got an offer from McGill University. So I came to study there uh, as an international student. And for a very long time, I was the only uh, female international student uh, in my classes. Uh, so for for m- most of that time, I thought that, you know, did I make a wrong choice? Like there's nobody else who look, looked like me. Um, and um, is this really for me? Uh, but I got many opportunities since then uh, to change my mind. So I started my first work uh, term in a mining company, nickel mining company uh, in rural Ontario, where I worked in maintenance and reliability technologies uh, for their smelter furnace equipment. Um, and then after graduation, I went to Alberta, which you know is the Canadian oil sands. Uh, I worked for a company called Halliburton. I'm sure they have operations in the Middle East. Um, I worked at the Sperry Drilling Division for uh, doing configuration management for, for their drill bits, mud motors, like rotary steerable equipment. Um, and now I'm working in a gas utility. So uh, uh, it's called Enbridge. So basically, we are a natural gas utility serving uh, all of the city of Toronto, as well as the greater Toronto area. Um, and we have pipelines again in the Alberta for liquid uh, sides of the business. So that's that's kind of like my uh, like a brief a journey of my engineering and uh, where I am and how I went uh, came to be here. Wow, that's really great. Because to be honest, being international student itself from going from one country to another new country where he doesn't have experience, it's hard. Mm-hmm. What it about is. a woman and going you wish have only international engineer, international female? Yes. in the mechanical engineering department. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because I, even I know that mechanical engineering, there is, when I was studying, there was few women there. Yeah. But that, and this is, mechanical engineering itself, it's hard. 
So what about like what we did? It's very fantastic. It's very fascinating. I really, I really salute you for that. Thank you, Atif. Um, for me, I think I was a little bit in over my head. Uh, because in Bangladesh, it wasn't very uncommon for women to study engineering. I mean, uh, maybe like less common than for men, but it wasn't un- as uncommon. But when I came to Canada, it seemed like it was a big deal, like, you know, and that's what surprised me uh, to see so few women that I then I would have expected. Um, and I honestly did not have much idea about uh, what the landscape looked like. I mean, I obviously had the Internet in Bangladesh and I researched, okay, what does a mechanical engineer do? Oh, like, you know, there's somebody's working with planes. Okay, that looks cool. And uh, I'll just, you know, I'll just study engineering and they'll give me an aerospace engineering job when I graduate. It's not that easy, uh, which I know now. Um, but um, I think it was worth the, the effort and it was worth uh, working hard for it. Fantastic. I support you. Uh, not easy to go like aerospace from there, number one. I wish everyone <laughs> can do that. <laughs> So well, I didn't. I didn't do that. I didn't get a job in aerospace. <laughs> uh, so I was second on LinkedIn. So I saw you have a podcast. What's mm-hmm. called Count Me Too podcast. So what is the story behind your podcast? Uh, so the story behind my podcast is to show representation in STEM. So science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Um, first of all, as we know, uh, we don't have enough representation of women in the field. Um, right from, you know, like the high school all the way to, you know, your, the job market as well. But even within that, I wanted to focus on women of color. Um, so in, in, in the context of Canada or North America, I would say uh, Black women, Indigenous women, like Latino women, women of color, essentially, right? South Asian, uh, as I am one myself. And I wanted to kind of highlight their experiences in STEM And to show that representation, because oftentimes, you know, there's a saying, right? You you can't be what you can't see. You need to see it to be it, right? So if there are not enough role models who look like us, who are doing well in their career, who are, you know, growing, how will we know that it's possible for us too, right? So that's why I wanted to Uh, interview women who have watched the path, they have faced the challenges and obstacles, but they have persisted and they have persevered and succeeded. So that is what I wanted to show, their stories, their journeys and how they did it. Um, And honestly, talking to them inspires me a lot. And I I don't want to just keep it to myself. I want to share it with the world so that everybody else can get inspired as well. So that is really the story behind my podcast. And uh, of course, with the pandemic in 2020, I finally got some time to start it. Like I've been, you know, thinking about it for a few years, but I thought who will be interested? Like who wants to really listen to something like this? Maybe they're more interested in other types of podcasts, right? You know, entrepreneurship or something like Joe Rogan or fashion or something like that. Who wants to listen to, you know, women in engineering or especially like women of color in engineering, right? But I think I was wrong because ever since I started the podcast, I've received so many messages uh, from people all over the world. And I mean, you guys are in Dubai, right? So it makes me feel that I'm doing something right if you guys are noticing too. So that gave me a lot of hope and encouragement that, uh, you know, maybe it's not as niche or it's not as uh, like, uh, you know, not small as I thought. It's it's actually big. It's actually issues that we should be talking about. Uh, so that's really where my podcast uh, came into effect. Actually, I'm very, you know, um, and, um, 
you should really be proud of yourself. And again, as Atif said, we salute you for your effort. I mean, the real engineering uh, mission is to give hope for people. I mean, engineering in the, in the history, they always give hope for people. And what do you do? You are giving hope for people and a real example from life that we did it, you can do it. And uh, this, this is exactly, I think, the mission of engineering is not only solving the algorithm and the differential equation, and it's just to see that things are can be done, you know? And, um, you know, looking to you, I mean, uh, and you, 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 your CV, you know, you finish your academia, you become a professional engineer, you went to the oil and gas. I mean, a part of engineering, you went to oil and gas. It is very male-dominant field, you know? You, you said Haley Burton, you know, my, my, my th- uh, PhD thesis was about uh, oil cementing. So I know what you are talking about. And you talk about drilling. I said, wow, this is really hardcore in oil and gas. I mean, it is upstream, you know? And like like many people that are running away from oil and gas, they said, you know, it's too much. And you are going there on the front line. So, and this is what we need. I mean, um, Atif, he can also commend that. That, you know, after he was working oil and gas, we need this uh, and uh, the, the the spirit, you know, engineering the spirit uh, regarding the gender, and um, I mean, oh, definitely you face some challenges and difficulties. I mean, what what keep you moving forward? I mean, of course you have moment that doubt moment. They said, why I'm doing that? Why should I go? Like as you said, entrepreneurship or anything. What keep everyone moving forward? I mean, when you hit the wall and in some moments, what was your motto to go and keep going? So let me, you know, just speak in the context of drilling, right? When you're drilling and you see bedrock, what do you do? You, you go horizontal directional drilling, right? If you can't do vertical. Um, so many times, I'll be honest, I have thought about this. Like maybe I don't want to keep doing going in this direction Vert, like, you know, I just maybe change fields, change my direction. It's too much bedrock, too much uh, resistance, right? Um, it, it's not easy. It wasn't easy for me because many times uh, in my department, in my work group, I was the only person, right? And um, being not just a woman, I'm an immigrant woman, right? So for me, I had to make sure that the culture, the cul- I understood the cultural context of how the work was being performed. Um, in our culture, I'll be honest, we tend to be very direct, very straightforward. You know, this is what I mean. So this is what I say. But in certain cultures, you have to kind of really like massage it and make it polite and make package it in a way that's like digestible. Right. So, again, it was it was not easy. Um, there was many times where I thought, you know, like uh, maybe I'm not going to be accepted here. Maybe I should just do something where I'm more expe- accepted. But then I looked back at my at my life and <clears throat> these challenges were there all, everywhere, like not just at my workplace. These challenges were here, there when I was pursuing my education, when I was, you know, looking for opportunities and how I can learn. And every time I said, you know, look back where you came from, you're going to give up now, you know, like if you give up now, okay, like you can, you can do something easy, but uh, what if you regret it, right? So I didn't want to have that regret. Um, and also like just in a in a separate part, right? I'm just one person, but if there's generations of women after me, if they see me and like, oh, look, like she tried and she left, like, you know, I don't want to even go there because she couldn't even stay. I want it to be a good example, right? Again, I'm just a, I'm just one person. I'm no, nobody famous, but uh, 
if, if I can tell my story to other girls and they can look at me as an example, I think I'm doing something good, right? Uh, so that's that's what really kept me going. Um, some of the the best things in life are not easy. The best things in life are going to be some of the most difficult challenges you will ever face. Um, so that's what really kept me growing, uh, going and growing. Yeah, it, it is so deep, so deep that although in that moment you're thinking about the next generation, I mean, um, I mean, such an honor really to have you that even in that moment you said, you know, I'm not giving up because in the next generation they will see me and they said, when Amreen did it, we can do it. So all the way from Bangladesh to Canada, to mechanical engineering, to oil and gas, and you are keeping doing that. You know, I salute <laughs> you for you. your spirit, you. you know. Thanks. Yeah, great job. Yeah, I agree with what he said, because to be honest, I was in oil and gas, and I w- I'm working construction, so I know how hard it is to be in the onshore field, and you be in the rigor, and this, it was it's hard, even for men. What about for a woman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's why like I had to work extra hard because a lot of times people will doubt your presence. They will think you probably took the job away from a man. Like, you know, we could have hired somebody, but I have to work extra hard to show, to prove people that, no, I have every right to be here. And I'm not asking, yes, I'm asking for help because I'm new. Like I need to learn some certain things, but I'm not going to be like, you know, I'm a woman. I'm just going to sit down and take it easy. No, because then people will say, you know, see, I was right. Like, see, like I was right about her. So I have to work like women, not just me, like women have to work extra hard to prove ourselves uh, so that people can't say that, oh, my idea was right. You know, so that's that's really what drove me. Like you, you have to think of it as a challenge. You have to be very stubborn, like with other people, but most importantly, with yourself. You have to be very stubborn with yourself. Uh, if you want to uh, proceed and succeed in this role. So same with like, not just oil and gas, I worked in mining too, right? Like I had the opportunity to go 7,000 feet underground. Like how are you, how are these walls actually supported? Like you won't believe like how, um, how technical and uh, like you guys are civil engineers. So you, you can understand like the structural uh, integrity of the walls, not, not falling. And, you know, it's very critical operations, but even there, like going, going underground, it was such a challenge for me uh, to see how things are done, but I learned, I learned a lot and we only have one life. Like you have to, you have to push yourself to get the kind of experiences that you would, you could never dream of, but you have the power to make it happen if you work for it. I agree with you, and I agree with you. What we have, you have to, to have to kiss some people in order to go to grow up. I know that, I feel it. It's all mm-hmm. So, what about the name behind Count Me Podcast? Because I said the name, that's a strange name, Count Me Two Podcast. <laughs> so it's it's actually very straightforward. So, you know how we we consider people for. Uh, their talent, their skills, their education, like whenever you want to give somebody respect, um, we, we only look at the external things, right? Like, okay, he, this person is a, is a male, he's an engineer, or he's very educated, I will respect this person. But if you look at a woman, you, you sometimes people can make assumptions, you know, what she can or cannot do. So count me too means, you know, I am a person too. Like if you're counting somebody else or if you're counting other people uh, as part of, you know, somebody who deserves to be given opportunities and deserves to be given that respect, you know, why not me? So count me too. Like, you know, think about me as well. 
So that is where the name uh, came uh, into consideration. Okay, nice. So what about, do you think, like, we, we are talking about, no, no, I know we are talking about construction and your, you know, your life and your career and how you became up. So do you think then now there is still some discrepancy between men and female in construction? Uh, so, yeah, I, I work in construction now. I, I, I build all the, like, basically for natural gas, you need to have pressure regulating stations and pipelines, obviously, to carry the product. So I work in construction. Uh, so discrepancy between male and female in engineering or construction, I, you know, I don't think there is any discrepancy in ability. Um, if given the right opportunity, if given the right encouragement and the environment to thrive, men and women have the equal potential to learn, uh, equal intellect. I don't think there is any difference in that. But what might be different is the perceptions uh, of how they are treated and, and perceptions and what they're capable of. So a lot of times people will make an assumption, you know, right from the start that, oh, like you probably don't have as much uh, commitment to your job as you have to your family, or you probably, oh, you'll just, you know, one day you'll just want children and leave the industry altogether and you will just, you know, why should we invest in you? You are just here, you know, uh, in, well, while you're young and then you'll leave once you have kids and uh, other responsibilities. But men, people don't look at men like that. In fact, when men have families or get married, they're like, oh, now you have a family to take care of. You know, you're working hard, so we'll, we'll give you promotion. We'll, you know, uh, give advancement opportunities. But why not the same with women? I don't think women have any less commitment or any less uh, sense of responsibility than men do. Yes, there's a lot more balancing. There's a lot more responsibility in our hands like to to make sure our families are taken care of but we also are committed to our careers as well because we put a lot of effort and a lot of hard work in it right so I think that is the discrepancy uh, in giving the opportunity and in, in considering them equal um, in my opinion Amrin, if I may share this, that uh, there is a study on 30th of uh, December, I mean, last month, in 30th of December 2020, they said women, they show better leadership in crisis and also multitasking skills than men. And, uh, and you know, I do believe it, you know, like um, from my experience, uh, I can see like uh, my wife, even my <laughs> little daughter, Somehow, I think like female, they have the gene of multitasking. Somehow, I don't know how they do it, you know. And um, I think it is culture conditioning that they assume that uh, tough job is only for men. And uh, as you mentioned, the example that once he has the family, then he he's entitled of getting promotion. And um, maybe with time, things will be ease and... Uh, you know, I think one of the reasons this culture conditioning bring women to leave their engineering jobs, you know, and because it is not about the physical challenge. I think it is cultural challenge. And this will lead to our, our next question. Why people, why women are not staying in engineering? We, like we discussed before the show that uh, in terms of number and enrollment, the engineering student uh, in general, it's almost equal. You know, but why female not staying? It is the physical challenge or the cultural challenge mainly affecting the the numbers of female engineers to stay in this field. Right. Um, so just to address the concept of physical challenge, right? Engineers. I mean, yes, I I have to go to a lot of site visits, like 
you know, construction, you have to be keeping your eyes on the work because there's many contractors, many internal resources working together. Safety might be a concern. So yes, you have to be present on site. You have to meet people, talk to them. But I'm not physically like drilling something, right? I'm not physically jackhammering. There's there's crews who do that too. But if women think, if it's a misconception that if I'm an engineer, like I was talking to Atif before, I'm going to take a wrench and fix the engine of my car. That's not, you know, our work is very much in our head. Like we do design, we do um, we, 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 we do planning of work um, and project management, right? So I think if we can dispel that perception that some young women might have that, oh, it's going to be a physically challenging job, so I won't be, not, won't be able to do it. So I want to say that, you know, it's not any less physically challenging than a lot of work people people already do in, in professions that have more women, like nurses, for example. You have to be very strong to be able to, you know, lift patients and handle them too, right? I think it's more physically demanding than engineering, you know, like the only demand, the most of the demand is in our, from our brains, right? Because we're using our heads to solve problems. And why the reason that women are leaving engineering jobs? So... I mean, it's a it's a harsh reality. We, women are not supported to the same extent, and many women, like I have known many women over over the years in my career, some of them left the field because their interests changed. They they wanted to do something else, which is good, but many women left for preventable reasons. Like they left because they were frustrated. They, they left because they felt exhausted. They're feeling that, you know, I'm doing, I'm putting so much effort. I'm, I'm doing my job well, I'm performing well, but still there is that ceiling uh, that I just cannot, you know, overcome. Um, so they feel like, you know, if I'm going to put so much of my hard work and so much of my, my youth and my living hours and still not get any benefit from that, why should I stay? I, let me invest my time and my, uh, my efforts in something else. So if you are not, you know, if you're going to just encourage women at the high school level, like, oh, enter university, go study engineering, the world will be your oyster. And then after they graduate, oh, you know, you're on your own, like, good luck. <laughs> and and not support them because it's a, it's a very male-dominated environment. And there's a few of us who are trying very hard to prove ourselves. But I understand sometimes it's difficult. Like I, I have felt that way too. Like I, sometimes I have felt frustrated and I've questioned myself, like, is it worth it? Like, is it really worth it? So I think that's the reason why many women don't stay because they don't get those opportunities because you need opportunities. Nobody, I'm not saying that just because I'm a woman, give me a job or just because I'm a woman, give me a promotion. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, you know, give me opportunities based on my merit give it to me based on my hard work and the results that I'm, I'm producing. Right. So it's, it's just equal opportunity, not special privilege, I'm not asking for that. Um, so I think that is really some of the main reasons why women don't stay because they don't have that environment. Yeah. So, so I'm going yeah, if, if I may share, you know, the, like me and Atif, we discuss about the Brooklyn bridge. Do you know the story of the Brooklyn bridge? and uh, the Emily and how she built the Brooklyn Bridge. So it is one of the famous bridges in the civil engineering history. Please, I, I really advise everybody to read about it. It's such a story that how women, they prove them, the, themselves in engineering. And everybody was making fun about Emily. But, uh, you know, like I highly advise if you can go and see the, mm. the story behind it. And she proved everybody wrong. And she built the longest bridge 
uh, in the New York history in that time. And um, as he said, you know, um, after people see the evidence, they will be convinced that we, we should treat all the gender uh, with an equal uh, manner. And it is based on mm -hmm. our merits, as you said. And uh, maybe I have another question since we are in the fourth industrial revolution. Do you think automation in general, construction, engineering, will remove this notion of uh, that men should be in engineering or it will help somehow? Do you, do you think that this automation and internet of things and somehow it, uh, it will help in gender equality? So I think with automation, there's going to be greater opportunity, uh, especially in high in the high skilled market, right? With automation, if you are removing, like you said, that that perception that something needs to be done by hand, like somebody needs to be physically present, um, maybe that might be uh, impacted in a positive way because automation demands a lot of high skills, like so artificial intelligence, IT, like you need, you need very uh, technical skills. And I think in that respect, people won't care if it's coming, where it's coming from, right? People won't care what you look like, uh, how you identify yourself, what, uh, what's the color of your skin. Nobody cares when there is, you know, there is real investment and money to be made uh, in a field. So with automation, it's going to create a lot of opportunities. Um, and people will realize that, you know, we need solutions to problems and we we should not care where they are coming from uh, so i think uh, that will definitely be helpful yeah and i agree with ghanem what he said about uh, about about the woman engineer about the broken bridge there are a lot of women that are doing marvelous thing for example even i saw some female like being in the, in, the, mm -hmm. in the aerospace you know there's a canadian the first the first woman the first canadian the first canadian one who has been in the aerospace is a woman and also i have to tell you if you go to watch mm -hmm. a movie dream back you will see a lot of women there from engineering field and they are doing marvelous things, really. So what can we do? Mm -hmm. What can we done also to encourage women to be to be to be more in the STEM job or to become into the STEM job or to be encouraged to stay more in the STEM job? Um, so there's two pieces, right? So once one is building the pipeline, so getting more women encouraged at the start of the career. Uh, which I think is the easy part because you can show them what's possible. So Atif, we were discussing before the recording started, um, the perception that mechanical engineers only fix cars, right? So show them what's possible. Show them, you know, you work, you can work in manufacturing, you can work in aerospace, energy industry. You, The whole world is open to you. Or civil engineering, for example. Show them examples of these marvelous structures that human beings have built, right, over the years. Like if you can show them what's possible and what it takes to get there, maybe that will encourage them to pursue the field uh, and consider it more. Because a lot of young girls I've talked to, they say, is it only math because I don't like math? It is, there is a lot of math, but there's also many other things. There is design, there is um, like you can do design in CAD or you can, you know, do fluid mechanics, you can do thermodynamics. Like there's many different aspects uh, to engineering. And there's also the people part, right? Like your communication has to be good. Your project management skills has to be good. So if you can show them, you know, what's possible, I think they will be encouraged. Um, and, but really the hard part is the retention. Easy to, you know, show them, oh, look, you can do so much. But once they're there, you have to continue to support them, you know, support their dreams, support their ambitions. 
um, give them those challenges, you know, make them ready uh, to be leaders in their field. You know, leaders are not born, they're created. Only if you invest in a woman and you give her the tools, again, not, uh, not saying that just give her that opportunity because she's a woman, just, you know, give her the tools and then she will build it herself, you know? So that's, that is really what I would encourage organizations and, you know, engineering bodies, employers, everybody uh, to, to just show the support and give the, give the opportunity and the tools so that she can build herself. Because I think every woman, if they really want to, they can. Uh, they are just looking for a chance. So do you believe in mentorship shall be there? Like especially some women to be in the mentorship or it shall be mentorship from high school itself. Because actually I never see mentorship, women in mentorship in, in engineering on STEM. So what do I have to put some women there in the major and put them to coaching or mentorship program? So to encourage women to be more in the STEM or engineering in general. Yeah. So that's a great idea, Atif. And actually in, in Canada, I know that there's already many programs that uh, have these kind of like workshops where they invite high school students, but not just them, their parents also, because sometimes it's the parents who need to be convinced. Uh, the daughter already knows what she wants, but the parents may be like, no, I don't think this is right for you. So there are programs like that. It's very important to have mentors, uh, obviously, in different fields, like, okay, I'm a civil engineer, let me show you what I do and what, what you can do one day. Uh, but also, it's, it's very important to have representation in your mentor. So, you know, if I, I can only speak about myself, if I, when I was growing in Bangladesh, uh, when I was uh, 17 or 18 years old, and I, when I was thinking about my future, if I had a woman uh, who looked like me and who I could relate to, who will, who would tell me like, look, I'm Rain, I'm doing this. You can do this as well. I think that would have really helped me and, and made my journey a little bit easier. I know like it, it wouldn't have been completely smooth, but it would have been easier for me. Um, so that's what I say to obviously other women engineers, like find people, find women who are even younger than you and, you know, try to mentor them, try to show them what's possible because you know how hard it was. Like, I'm sure you definitely know how hard it was. So make it easy for somebody else if you, if you have the power to do so. Uh, so yeah, mentorship is definitely very important uh, because again, you can't see, you can't be what you can't see. Yeah, to be honest, I agree. Even to be honest, one of, as my opinion, this is what I believe, one of the main mm -hmm. issues there is a discrimination and we see women that are not sitting in the major job as we discussed earlier, Maybe it's additional, there is cultural conditions, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what, what can be done? Mentorship can at least reduce the gap between this. Uh, but at least the mentorship can reduce the gap at least for a little bit in order to have to, to, have to, to reduce the cultural condition, especially if you, you explain this to the parent itself, especially hoping, you know, mm -hmm. especially, especially the, like I'm, for example, I'm from the Middle East culture and I understand how hard it is. So sure. any final thought from your side? Um, so the only thing that comes to mind that we haven't touched on is again, that family support. Um, I, I have many friends who, you know, they're, they were being prepared for marriage and like, you know, you're going to go to university, get a degree, but you will get married. Like that's, that's basically going to be your life. Again, I'm not saying there is anything wrong with that. I mean, we all want families, but there, I think if parents can support the career of their daughter, uh, that would be very helpful. I mean, uh, I don't know about you, Atif, but Ghanem, you have a daughter, so you know that you have to, like, I think we have to prepare our daughters for herself and the world, right? Not just prepare her for marriage, because 
the the way society is a lot of times you can't depend on that sometimes you know if if something unfortunate happens the woman has to take care of herself um she has to have that ability to take care of herself right so you have to make her strong um for society for the world and for her uh purpose purpose yeah i i mean i mean it's a very important point you know like me and atof we discussed that a lot you know on personal level and uh, there is a, a, a TED talk for dr shivali she has a famous book called conscious mm-hmm. parenting and um, i highly advise anybody you know parents even non parents to read it and that we don't own our kids i mean uh, we teach them but in the end it is their life i mean and uh, We don't, many people and parents, they do it with the good attention. They want secure life. They want to feel uh, secure about their kids. But it will never be happy. Let them take risk. Let them be, just be supportive, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, just we give them the sense that we'll be with you. W- whatever choice you go, we'll, we'll, we'll back you up. I mean, but we don't have uh, the right to choose mm-hmm. their path. And uh, and this is why I highly advise to see this TED talk for Dr. Sivali and uh, to read this conscious parenting, and this will help you know many females, especially for the Middle East. We have you know many females, they don't want to to break this. Let uh, let we cannot say a taboo to break this mm-hmm. uh, barrier, and to get to take a risk because they don't have this um, support from the families. So this is an interesting topic, you know, maybe me and Atuf, we talk later about it. Maybe we can, you know, host you again because it's such, uh, you know, I really, uh, really enjoyed this episode. And we talk about how family can support women in engineering. I mean, you just to give us uh, illumination and uh, now an idea about how we can talk about for our next episode, maybe in the future. So, yeah. yeah it's Thank just you. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with him, Ghanem. Actually, when we start but. When I start talking with you, like really, we we need to be with you to be on the next episode. To be honest, because parenting is serious, hard, and unfortunately, this is what I agree with them. Like parent people, they think they are on and their kids, which is difficult. It's not the way. Like let them have, let them, let them have their freedom. Let them choose. Let them select. Because at the end, everyone will make mistake. Yes. Yeah, mistake happen. I just want to say something. So when I was when I was young, uh, younger, I mean I'm still young. <laughs> uh, when I was younger, I thought that my to make my parents proud, I have to be very successful. I have to make a lot of money. Um, only then, you know, maybe they will be proud of me. But now that I'm older, I realize that the biggest pride that a parent can have, uh, I think, is to see their children happy. If they think that no matter what what you do, you know, you don't have to be a doctor, engineer, scientist, lawyer, whatever you do. If you are satisfied, you're happy, you know, you feel like your life uh, is good, you, you're finding joy in your work. I think that's a good, great pride to their parents. Um, at least that's what I feel. At least that's what my parents have told me. Like, I remember I was telling them I need to get a higher paying job. I need to get promotion. I, I want to make you proud. And that's what my dad said. You know, that's the, what will make me proud is when I know that you are happy and you're satisfied and you think that you have tried your best. So I think that's a very important message. Uh, it's not all about, uh, you know, success and money. It's about your satisfaction with life. Yeah. yeah. Happiness is in the process, not exactly. in the destination. It's the journey. And, uh, uh, yeah, it is the journey. So I know it's, it's, Literally, it's one of the best episodes oh, that so uh, we did it. Proud. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah li- li- literally, you know, yeah, I'm, uh, I mean it, I mean it. And um, 
we learn a lot from it. Uh, Atif, any final thoughts from your side? No, fine. For me, fine. I wish her the best. And for sure, we bring you for Thank next you. episode. Thank for you. sure. Absolutely. Definitely. For sure, because really, really it was a nice Thank talk you. with it you. It will be an honor. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. It was really a great episode with Angelina Amreen. Really. Great topic to be discussed and nice share information we have with her. A really satisfying topic and satisfying interview. And for sure, we will bring her for another episode in our podcast. For another topic, for sure. So, if you have any information, I'm going to put a LinkedIn profile in our show note and I'm going to put a link for her podcast in our show note. And we try to put some information about some articles and the book we discussed about it. Some book we discussed about it, we're going to put it in the show note. So, what do you think, guys? Do you like this episode? And do you like more topics to be discussed in the same manners? And by the way, guys, putting a review in Apple or Podchaser or any other podcast and platform will help us to know and to see how we can improve. And we are on all podcasts and platform. Please share, subscribe to our podcast. And please, we need a comment in the feedback because that will really support us to help how to improve in our next episode. Thank you, guys. Take care. Wishing you our best. And bye. To wrap it up this episode, hopefully you're going to like it. I wish you the rest of work and good luck and see you in another episode. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. See you guys. Have a good day and good night. Thank you. Good night.